get off your gosh darn phone. Stop looking at your phone because that's a sign right there that you don't want to talk to anyone. In a line getting coffee when you're on a plane before it's taking off, I've had some fantastic conversations with people sitting on a plane before it takes off while I see everyone else around me either snoring away, which I get, they're tired, (laughs) or literally just glued to their phone. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. I have a guest today, which is part of the Mind Valley team, part of our series of showing you the incredible people that are part of our team that have wide experience when it comes to all sorts of ideas. And what we're really going to talk about today is how do you actually stand out in a noisy world? And so Allison Waxman, who's joining us today, has a career in PR that's over 15 years in so many different areas, such as health, fitness, travel, lifestyle. One of the biggest projects she's worked on that we personally got to know her through is actually Zumba. And unless you've been living under a rock, you've definitely heard of Zumba, the fitness dance people in very bright colors. And get this, in 2012, this company actually was named by Inc. Magazine as company of the year. They grew massively, and she is someone that had been so core into executing and orchestrating PR strategies, getting content partnerships, massive media to make this a relevant brand that in effect became kind of like a radio station for the biggest stars who really wanted to get their music out because they had millions of people dancing to their songs through the Zumba channels. Her ways of innovating on how to get messages across are super interesting, fantastic to understand. And what I want everybody listening here to know is that you do not need to be in PR content or any kind of business development role to get so much value about what we're going to talk about today. But if you are in those positions, you're going to get an extra kick. What we really want to do is make sure that you know how to stand out because the world is getting noisier and there's some interesting things that you can do to stay relevant, to stand out, and really to make sure that you are doing the best you can within the workplace. So Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Jason. It's a pleasure. It's so fun to be able to hear some of the ideas that you have because I've seen some of the work you do here at Valley, and it's super phenomenal to understand how you think differently because You've been with Mind Valley for a while, and this whole idea of PR branding is actually quite new to us because we've always been kind of in a direct response space. And so I wanted to hear from you before we get started into these ideas of standing out. What brought you to come into a place like Mind Valley, and what's been your journey? So, in a nutshell, because obviously it's hard to talk about everything you've done over the years, but I would say that when I was in college and I sat down with my college advisor, the first thing she said to me was, What do you want to do after college? So, what should your major be? And I was like, I have no idea. I don't know what to do. I don't know who I am. And she goes, Well, the first thing I notice about you is you have a very bubbly personality. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, what does that mean? She goes, Do you know what PR is? And I was like, PR, like public relations. And I really didn't know what it was, but I ended up taking classes for it. And here I am 15 years later and some form of publicity. But what really got me into the space is I love talking to people and connecting and shaping stories about brands. When I first started out, I was in the travel space. I did a lot of hotels, spa openings. I was involved with different fashion lines, jewelry stores, open-air malls, all sorts of things. And I was really bored. I enjoyed the output of the work and seeing the reward of getting coverage at the time. It was in a lot of print because it was before the internet really took off, before we had social media. 
But I was bored because I didn't feel like I was serving a purpose on a higher level as far as what I was selling. You know, at the end of the day, I was just telling people to go buy an expensive hotel suite or talking about a expansion of a spa somewhere in the Caribbean. But when it really boils down to it, I much prefer to work on things that help people with their lives. And that's what drew me to Zumba, really. And I spent almost a decade at Zumba and saw it go through many iterations of life, truly became a lifestyle brand. And my favorite part about working at Zumba was getting coverage and bringing to life the stories of our instructors and the students. You would have students that would be in the back of the class in the beginning that were extremely shy, thought they couldn't dance. And three, four months later, they were dancing their butts off in the front of the class, eyes closed, hands in the air, so much confidence. Some of those people even became instructors. So being able to see how your work can help change someone else's life is one of the most rewarding things, I believe. And so as I continue my career in the world of PR, and it's a very ever-changing landscape with all of technology and social media, I always want to make sure I'm working for a company that has the greater good in mind. So Zumba and Mind Valley have a lot in common, and it just so happened that I got connected with Mind Valley, and I'm very happy to be with the company now. There's so much to be done, and we haven't even cracked the surface. Love it, and we're so good to have you on the team, Allison. And let's get started right into the content here, which is we're talking about standing out in a noisy world. What are we seeing right now? Like, why do we need to stand out, and why is the world so noisy today? Well, the world is noisy because we have all of these CEOs and tech superstars that are creating all these apps that are continuing to clutter the space. So most recently, I'm sure everyone has heard of TikTok, which is now taking up a lot of the space online as far as like what's going on in the social media space. No one's talking about Facebook right now. Nobody's talking about Twitter. Everybody's talking about TikTok. So I think when we live in a world where there's something new happening constantly, we all know that we're always striving to find what's new, what's better. We're never just satisfied with what's working. And we see that in brands. Brands are always looking for the next best social media tool to use instead of focusing on the ones that are working well. We see this all over the place. But at the end of the day, because of all these social media tools, they've sort of become the backbone to what gets coverage. So for instance, if we see many things going on in the media about politics, right? A lot of it's around what is our president's current tweet and what were the reactions of it? Debates over a color of a dress. This past weekend here at Art Basel in Miami, all the rage was about this banana that was taped to a wall. <laughs> and whether or not it was a stunt, which if it was a stunt, it was a brilliant stunt because that's what everyone talked about until a man walked in and ate the banana off the wall, which was quite hilarious. But again, these are all things that started getting picked up by social media. So at the end of the day, you know, the things that are influencing us are coming through our social media channels, whether we like it or not. So for somebody to want to stay relevant in this noisy world and stand out, if you are not at least engaging in social media in some form, you're probably not going to go very far. Well, actually, that would point to the question I always going to think of asking, which is, you know, this is getting noisy and a lot of these don't seem relevant, like this banana taped to a wall. Yes, I did hear that story as well. And I'm thinking like, should I actually just opt out? Like, wouldn't it be better as an employee for me to completely delete all my social networks and just really not participate? So that's like saying just because I might not be into politics doesn't mean I shouldn't know what's happening in our world of politics. Just because I might not be an activist with the environment doesn't mean I still shouldn't be aware of the things going on with the 
rainforests in the Amazon or all the climate change issues that are going on. You still need to keep your pulse. And that is also a tool to use to stand out in our noisy world. If you are standing in a room full of people and everyone's talking about a bunch of topics that are dominating the news or the social space, why would you want to be the person on the outside going, I don't care, I don't do any of that? Who would want to network and talk with you? Who would want to connect with you? And connection equals success. No matter where you look at it, the most successful people in the world are the ones that are connectors. Let's dig more about that advantage. So we're saying, okay, let's not completely go back into the Stone Age, go back into our caves and not engage at all. We're saying, okay, there's some value here. And you're talking about this power of connection. Let's talk a bit more about what does that mean for somebody in the workplace that wants to be connected and what advantages does it provide to be on the pulse of things? I'll give you an example of why it's not a good thing. And basically in my past, I've worked with somebody in the PR space that did not engage with any social media. And anytime we were in any meetings and we were talking about things that were trending, hashtags that were going on, different movements that we should jump on, this person, while they were an incredible writer and really good at other things, could not weigh in on any of these topics. So it's very important to be aware of what's going on in the world. Have your morning list of the different, whether it's like a news roundup that you read. Every morning I read this newsletter called Need to Know, which is my favorite. And I also read the New York Times morning briefs. And Katie Couric, the anchor that used to be on the Today Show, she has a great daily news roundup as well now. So I actually just like look at different sections of things and weigh out. And I also look to see what's trending on Google and in the news. And that's sort of where I get my daily dose of information. And I have seen that this information that I acquire ends up being great conversation starters in many scenarios throughout the day, whether I'm on a business call, having a lunch date with someone, meeting somebody at line at a Starbucks. It really doesn't matter. But if you have information flowing in your head and ideas, it makes it much easier to start conversations with people and also able to adapt to certain situations. I like that because I've heard a lot of people kind of get proud about the fact they say, I never look at the news. <laughs> and they kind of boast about how they don't get distracted looking at the news. And quite frankly, I've had times where I'll pick up, let's say on my app, I'll have like Google News and I'll just look at a couple news article of what's happening. I don't dig really deep into it. I just want to see what's going on. But then I had a point of me that goes like, oh my God, am I being distracted? Is this really serving me? And what you're making a case for here is that there is value into keeping a pulse on things, which is actually one of the first times I've heard somebody say it. And so it kind of makes me feel a bit better. Listen, some of the best places to network and build a relationship are weird places like being on a plane and sitting next to someone. I've had actual business initiatives start from meeting a random stranger on a plane who ended up being a head of marketing at a company that I wanted to partner with. And this is random. If you're flying a lot for work, if you're traveling to different places, and that's the other thing too, is having a really large scope of information I'll give you another example. One of my very first jobs in PR was hosting press trips to the Caribbean, which sounds really exciting, but this is what I had to do. I had to take fishermen writers, so people that wrote about the best places to fish. And this was back in the early 2000s. And imagine it was all older men. It was all older men who loved to drink beer and, you know, had their little beer bellies and they loved to fish. And that was not an area that I knew anything about. But what I did know was I wanted to get coverage on the destinations that I worked for and how they were the elite spot for the best fishing. So I did as much research as I could, and I would be stuck with these guys for entire weekends. And I would have to talk about things that had no interest to me. But 
it was a necessary part of my job in order to get the results I wanted. So it's like back to if you want to like restructure your habits, right? Like if you know that a part of your job is going to reap rewards because of your rapport and your conversation, if that could lead to a deal, in my case, a story in the media, anything like that, you want to make sure you know all these different areas of what's going on. So even for people who are not in this sphere where it's directly related to their performance to be able to connect, build rapport, there's still some career opportunities that would only come if you're actually keeping a pulse building rapport with people that are colleagues, leaders, supervisors that you just want to make sure that you're connecting with. Is that correct? I honestly think it's life. I mean, I think people need to learn the skill of PRing your life. I have been in meetings, in dinners, all sorts of situations where I have to step in and properly introduce someone to someone else for them to really get, oh, that's what they do. People don't like talking about themselves. They don't like to showcase their skills. They think it's a form of ego or a form of showing off. But in reality, you're just bridging a connection. There's a gap and you're filling it. And the best advice I can give you when you're in these situations is get off your gosh darn phone. Stop looking at your phone because that's a sign right there that you don't want to talk to anyone. Again, in a line getting coffee when you're on a plane before it's taking off, I have had some fantastic conversations with people sitting on a plane before it takes off while I see everyone else around me either snoring away, which I get, they're tired, <laughs> or literally just glued to their phone. We live in a world that is dominated by this urgent, everything's ER. My favorite saying in PR is it's PR, not ER relax. It'll get done. Mm. I want to move over soon into these ideas of what can we do to be a better connector and how we can influence others as well. But to wrap this up, the big thing I want to, people understand here is that there's no point in completely isolating yourself from what's happening in the mainstream of the world. There's some limits you'd want to set to yourself. So you don't want to spend your whole days just continuously consuming news stories, but there's ways that you can actually just get a pulse on what's happening. And Allison shared some key ideas of where she actually gets that source of information and what benefits that really gives you. You're finding yourself being able to relate to people better, which makes it that you connect with them, build rapport, really get to have good conversations, which is really what's necessary to gain more influence, gain more respect, gain more trust, and really be able to have these connections with these key people that may serve you now, but may actually even just serve you in the long run. And again, connecting this out to the fact that you're just being human. And so moving out of this consumption of information, let's talk about our responsibilities from creating it. What are the biggest trends you're seeing in the fact that people, should they be creating content? And if so, how and why? Well, I think instead of talking about creating content, let's just talk about speaking our minds and being disruptive. So we live in this culture now where all these brands are disrupting. I know we bring a lot of these authors and activists to the Mind Valley platform. The best place to practice this, if we want to call it, and I'm doing the bunny ears, the air quotes rather, creating content. It's essentially just creating dialogue. And a great place to practice that is your own workplace. An example when I've worked in previous companies, one of my favorite things to do was to set aside 30 minutes once a week and walk around the entire company. I would find that not only did I not know so many people's names, but I didn't even know what people were working on if I didn't on the regular correspond with their departments and work directly with them. I would pop over to the technology departments. I would introduce myself. I would always open doors for people. I was always smiling. And just these little simple habits of just being friendly 
can immediately open up people to want to connect with you more. Think about it. If you're standing in a room and somebody walks in with a smile, they just exude this energy versus somebody walking in with their head down, not really looking you in the eye. You don't even want to get near them or talk to them. So the first step, really, if you want to think about creating your own verbal content, is just make yourself accessible and relatable. And again, There are many people in this world that are going to listen to this and say, I don't like talking to people. I don't like small talk. I don't like human interaction. Well, that's fine. You don't need to make small talk if that's not going to be your output. But in general, if you are in a career or a field where you do want to stand out in a noisy world, I'm sorry to break it to you, but you do have to learn how to make small talk. And with a lot of that comes disruption. You want to learn how to say things that disrupt in an engaging way. For instance, we work in a world now where a lot of companies are getting more pressure to stand for something. And honestly, I've recently read a study where employees value and trust their employers more than anything else in the world. So we're talking, they don't value public figures. They don't value friendships as much. They don't value books they're reading. They don't value news articles. They're valuing their employers because they're spending all their time working for these people. And they want to know that what they're doing stands for something. All right. I want to sum this up for people that were listening so far, because we talked about the consumption of information in a noisy world. And the fact is you shouldn't completely block yourself out of this consumption because there's a lot of value that comes from being on the pulse of things, whether it's for helping you build rapport with people that you need to connect with as part of your job. And if it isn't related directly for you to be doing networking, et cetera, there's still advantages of being able to have a pulse on what's happening so that you can actually be relevant with your superiors, your colleagues, so that you can actually have better career opportunities and really stand out within your workplace. And what I wanted to do here, Allison, is kind of transition from this consumption space and really go into what kind of creation activities I should be doing to stand out aside from this consumption. What are the biggest things I can do to actually play a part in standing for what I believe in? That's a great question. I think first and foremost, it's important to understand what do you stand for? And there are exercises that you can do to figure out You know, sometimes on a day-to-day, you think you're really passionate about something, but at the end of the day, you go home and you find that, no, I'm not really passionate about reading books. What I'm really passionate about is drawing or what I'm really passionate about is animals. So I think first figuring out, because that's when you are truly passionate about something, and I've had people say this to me to the point where I'm acting crazy because I feel so passionate about something, I start talking off walls. I mean, I'm so excited and you convince people. They're like, you've convinced me. I got it. So if you can find a topic that you are that passionate about, then the next step is not to find a mentor. And I love this phrase. Don't find a mentor, find a board of directors. Find like a whole network of people, five people, 10 people, set a number for yourself and say, let's use this as an example. I'm extremely passionate about animal rescue. Okay, so my goal is gonna be to find five to 10 people who agree with this mindset who can help me bring my vision to life. And maybe you don't know what that vision and bringing it to life is yet, but at least you know people you can talk to and bounce ideas off of to get it there. So if you can build that network, then you start with this idea of creating content. So what is the creating of content? It could literally be as simple as starting an Instagram account about saving animals. Let's go away from the animal thing. Maybe it's you wanna inspire people on how to be a better leader or how to connect with people. 
start a LinkedIn account or use your LinkedIn account as a way to share this information. I know we have one of our colleagues at Mindvalley, Alessio, does an incredible job on LinkedIn. I think he gets thousands of likes and followers and posts. That's his area where he feels like he shines. And when you feel really passionate about something, people will glue to that idea with you. They will get stuck on it with you. So I would say that those are the most important things. Get those five to 10 key people to surround yourself with. And they'll help you open doors. They'll help you find new ways to relate to people because you are only as good as the team you surround yourself with. I want to jump in right here and break this down because this, I love this idea, especially going for this board of director instead of mentors. Mm -hmm. So let's break this down. First is this idea of passion. And I just want to open up that conversation about what if I'm struggling, like I feel this word passion gets thrown a lot around a lot. And what if I'm thinking like, oh my God, I don't know what my passion is. How do you get started? And does it need to be specifically related to my work? That's such a good question. And it's hard to answer because I actually have the very same challenge with myself. I have a lot of passions and I'm right now trying to find what speaks to me the most. So what I've been doing is I wrote a list of the top 10 things that really inspire me. You got to rephrase your question like for yourself. So you don't want to read a book. You want to become a reader. Like you want to learn the right questions to ask yourself to see what habits can tie to those things that you actually want to see success out of. So for instance, if I have a pile of books sitting on my desk and I just keep telling myself every day, you need to read one of these books. You need to read one of these books. I'm never going to read the book. But if I keep envisioning in my head, what does becoming a reader look like? And then I start practicing those efforts every day, I might discover Maybe I don't want to be a reader. Maybe what I thought I wanted to be was not actual. Start by phrasing the right questions for yourself. Like, not I want a dog, but I want to be an animal lover. What does that encompass? Or not I want to sell candles. I want to bring delicious smelling things to people. And then what does that start looking like? Maybe you don't even want to make candles. Maybe you want to bake. I mean, it could be so many things. So for me, I start a list of all the things I like. Right now, I'm really into baking a lot of vegan style dishes. So I find recipes online and I've started to realize that I don't love baking. I like it. I don't like it enough to ever want to write a book about it or to start an Instagram channel about it, but I I like it enough to share it with my friends and family. So you'll start figuring out the things that maybe your passion level is not at a 10. It's more at a six or seven. It's more like a hobby. Another thing that I really enjoy doing, but it's not something that I want to do every week. I love golfing, but it's not something that I truly want to, you know, get back into lessons and have a passion for. But I have my list of things. And I think just starting with a list and seeing where that leads you. And also look back at your childhood and some of the habits that you had. Like when I was a kid, I used to love cutting up clothes and making things. So something recently that I've discovered, I even wearing a sweatshirt right now that I cut the shoulders out of, I started thinking maybe there's an idea there about like customizing things that I could get into. So I think, again, it's about finding the things that you just naturally kind of get drawn to and seeing where those go versus the things that you are forcing yourself. Like, I should like this. I should be on Instagram every day and reading about the environment, or I should do the things that you truly feel passionate about. And I love it because if you're doing these kinds of things, I can even see how it could lead into some new discoveries of work interests that you might be wanting to get into, maybe even multiple streams of income if this is what you're looking to get into. I kept thinking for myself, like I know for me, one of my childhood memories that I often think about is when the snow was melting in Canada, I'd always go in the field that was at a slight angle. It was like a giant field that was kind of slanted towards the left and it was all going towards this like river that would flow where all the snow would melt and the water would just get in the river and drain out. And I'd find myself with a little pick shovel going to see all these little streams of water and trying to make it more efficient. And then I noticed today that I'm always looking to automate all my work and be like super efficient at processes. And I feel like it comes from that same kind of passion. And 
from that, what I really like is when I've identified that process optimization is a passion that really helps me in the workplace. And now you've given me an extra step. Let's talk about building this board of directors. How do I start reaching out to them? Where do I find them? And I was just going to say, if anybody knows Jason, he is maybe one of the most efficient people that I've ever met. I mean, he has a solution for everything. (laughs) Just got to keep the water flowing. I love it. Okay. So building your board of directors, another really, I think not a very difficult thing to do, actually. It can happen in a variety of ways. One way to do it, and this is actually so simple, is look up some companies that inspire you. Go on LinkedIn, go just look at different profiles. I've done this before. If there's somebody who their profile just speaks to you and you're like, oh, this person's my spirit animal, reach out to them on LinkedIn. Google them, see if you can find their email. I actually just connected with somebody via LinkedIn that I'm really excited to work with now on some writing projects. And this is somebody that originally I had read this person's stories in some trades online, and I just thought that they were so well-written and so informative. And instead of just ending it there, I said, well, wait a second, why don't I look them up and see if I can connect with them? Also, if there's just an area that you're interested to learn more about, you'd be surprised that people depending on the way you position the email and and it's just you want to learn more and that you admire them, they're willing to get on a phone call and just talk to you for 30 minutes of their time. So don't be scared to do that. Other ways, like I said, depending on if you travel a lot for work, just get off your phone, make sure you're paying attention to your surroundings, talk to people in lines, when you're checking in at a hotel, when you're waiting for an Uber. I mean, it can literally be in any scenario, but you'll be so surprised with the types of people that you can meet and how they can end up playing a role for you. One of my first internships when I was in college, I still keep in touch with two of the people there. They were mentors for me. They're both much older now and they're retired, but I still keep in touch with them and I still get advice from them from day to day. So when we say board of directors, it doesn't have to be like physically, like you have a room full of people that, you know, are all of the same type and of the same age and of the same background. Like it can be people scattered all over the world that you connect through different channels. You pull one in here. It's like having different friends, right? All your friends are not uniform. I have a friend that I call my humor soulmate. I literally love hanging out with her because she and I just have the same sense of humor. And then you have other friends that you know you always go to for advice. Look at your board of directors as like your room of friends for work. How can they help elevate you and make you better at what you do? And I can just think of examples in my own life where in LinkedIn, I actually take the time to always add like a note when I request to connect with somebody and make it really relevant as to why that person is someone I do want to connect with and kind of tie into something that inspires me about them. And I usually am able to get a big connection with these people. And like you said, finding these emails are actually easier than ever. If any of you know the email hunter, there's tons of ways you can do it. We actually have an article on how to find anybody's email on Mindvalley Insights. If you look at how to do PR on the Mindvalley Insights blog, I share a bit more insights there. This conversation is taking a dark turn how to find anybody's email on the interwebs. It's perfect. (laughs) But I also want to share the fact that I've had some people reach out to me on LinkedIn. And if they add a note when they reach out to me and just say like, hey, I've just been inspired by the content you created. I love the messages or they'll comment on a talk that I gave. Do you realize that doesn't happen that often when somebody just genuinely gives that kind of compliment? And the feeling you get when someone gets that is like, oh, yay, I've helped somebody. And I think deep down, a lot of these people that have a lot of knowledge are looking to give back. And so if you take the time to reach out to them, genuinely tell them why you think they've changed your life and that you just want to connect or thank them, you'll be actually positively surprised on how much people actually respond. And think about the feeling that you, Jason, that you just said about like how great it felt when someone reached out to you. Like, wouldn't it feel also so good to just know that you're making someone else's day? Who knows what was going on during their day? And then here pops up a message from you saying, you inspired me. 
And that's such a beautiful, small act that you can do to just connect with someone else. And now you actually stand out. Like I get hundreds of random requests and there's nothing about it. Now you've actually taken the time, add a little bit more detail, care a little more, and you do stand out in this space. So, okay, now I've discovered a passion. I know that there are some people that I can find inspiration from that are related to these passions that I can actually connect with and they are accessible. And then we moved over into like kind of going into a space of putting out that content to stand out. It does feel like there's still a lot of content out there. There's like so much of it. And so is the reason for putting out the content to try to stand out above everything else or is it to get into a habit of processing your thoughts? Like what's going on here? Again, I want to try to stay away from this thought of putting out content because it already puts a pressure on you to feel like, oh, I have to get content out, whatever that even means, right? Think about it more like you should become a source of information. You should be able to be that person that people know you're going to know what's going on in the world. So find your niche. If you're in a company with thousands of employees, you can feel like you're getting run over by people constantly. And like, how do you make your voice heard? If you get really, really good in your area, you're always going to be valued. You're always going to be brought into conversations. So in my case, I always end up being like the person that knows what's going on in the world, pop culture. People would come to me all the time and say, what was the name of that person that was just in the news for that music story that came out? Or what was the politician that came out and was a part of the Me Too movement? Or I just always am reading it. You know, Jason, you and I the other day were talking about, I love murder mysteries. And you were talking about, oh, what was the name of that one from Italy? Amanda Knox. That's my passion. I love reading things and knowing what's going on in the pop culture space. So become that go-to source. And then the content And I say that again with air quotes, the content that you start emitting, whether it's verbally or on social channels or wherever it is, a speech on a stage, you'll start being known as the person that houses all of that information and people will want to come to you. And I can think of someone within Mindvalley, actually, that I noticed started doing something very interesting. His name's Austin. And what I've noticed is in one of the public chat channels within our Slack group, he basically puts up the notes of everything that's happening on a daily basis update meeting. So the daily update meeting happens, which I can't attend because I'm in a different time zone. He is now summarizing those notes and putting them up there. So just being on the pulse of what's happening inside the company and being that source of information has made him stand out in my eyes as someone who's extraordinary. And I'm sure a lot of people could use that as well in their corporate space. Yeah. I remember at a previous job, there was somebody who worked in our business development side who was really incredible at Excel. And Excel is an area that's very challenging for many people. And so this person started hosting Excel workshops. And this person ended up becoming the go-to on everything that had to do with Excel. And even though in my profession, Excel is used on a very basic level, I still found myself going to this person and asking for input and questions. And that person made themselves invaluable just from that. And I'm sure in many other areas as well. But it's finding the area that you feel, and he was very passionate about it as well. You could tell when he spoke about it. Mm. And so I want to close this one off before we go to the final topic that I think is one of the most interesting ones. And it's all about this influential network and people that you have within your network. So to close this off, it's really about if you get a pulse on what are your passions, whether they're within the workplace or out of the workplace, make that list of 10 things you could be potentially passionate about. Do some little tests on getting involved with it to see if it's really your passion and be very careful on how you phrase that so that you don't pigeon yourself into an area where you just feel like you're doing something because society expects you to be doing it. Look at your childhood and see some things you want to test out. And it's okay to go towards a passion that you might change in the future. And once you got something that you 
you're seeing indications that it's looking really good, build not a relationship with a mentor, build a board of directors. <laughs> We're talking about finding various individuals that could support you in various aspects of that passion so you can get more ideas from it, more perspectives from it, get deeper into it. And now you become that source of information. Be that source of information for people within your circle so that you can inspire them and build that trust, reliability. And now you start standing out within that topic. Which now brings it into this whole idea of having an influence network. And we were talking just before we got on this podcast, Allison, that I was able to kick off this podcast because I had already built a ton of relationships with a lot of people that have written books, teachers, etc. And I'm always keeping a pulse on what people are doing there. So what does that look like for someone who's just starting off to build their network and relationship with industry peers? How do I even get started? Does it start with the board of directors or where else do I go? Don't think too much into it. Look at your behaviors throughout the week. What are you spending a lot of your time doing? If you find that you're spending a lot of your time reading about a certain topic, let's say personal growth in this sense, start thinking about the people in the space of personal growth, whether large or small, they're, they're huge public figures, or they're also just getting started out. Start trying to figure out, well, where are these people? Are they going to networking events? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on Instagram? What hashtags are they using? Try to sort of zone in on where are these people talking and jump into the conversation. So, you know, you can join groups on LinkedIn. You can start engaging through LinkedIn. There was one day where I got very motivated to get on LinkedIn more. And so I spent like literally two hours just joining some groups and making some comments. And I had like 50 LinkedIn requests to meet new people. Now, at the end of the day, I wasn't really trying to do that, but that just shows you that there are eager people just like you looking to make connections with people. Just make sure they're authentic and you're working on things that you truly have a passion for. But there's no formula. Just have it be natural. Like if you are really into small businesses and people who are trying to grow their little startups, go to like the next little local meetup market, like where people are showcasing their products and start introducing yourself to people. There was a great one in where we live in Miami recently where people had everything from selling refurbished records to making their own candles to jewelry to women entrepreneur groups. The world is endlessly filling gaps of these areas all over the place, whether it's meetups. You're doing a meetup this week, Jason, and you're going to have 50 people coming together like-minded. I mean, that's another great potential place. Go on all the different event write apps, see what events are going on in your area. Another example, my husband is super into beer, craft beer. So he loves going to this brewery in town every week, and he ends up getting new clients for his jewelry business there. So you just never know. He's literally held meetings at breweries where he brings all of his jewelry and has people pick out their certain stones they want to make. So just really combine your interests. You know, my brother combined his interest of sports and sports betting, you know, into a company. Just find the areas, you know, vision. He was super into meditation, and he is a connector. And he's got a background of engineering. So he connected all these dots together and created Mind Valley. It's just finding the things that you love and surrounding yourself with those people, really. That is so true. And I can think about how if I've done all the work in the previous steps where I've identified passions, I've built that tribe of board of directors, and then now I'm actually having a bit of a voice about these topics and standing out that way. Once I go into these groups, I feel like I have something to say. I feel like I can contribute to the conversation and I don't feel like, oh, I don't stand out within this group because you've done the previous steps. So you're kind of ready to step into these groups. And now you're like, you have something that you stand for, you know what you're there for, and you know how to align to the right groups that align with those passions, right? Isn't it the most delicious feeling when mm. you're around people that get you? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that they have to have all of the same interests that you do. 
you, but they just kind of, you feel comfortable with them and they get you. And, you know, Jason, I know when you and I get together, we always say it's kind of like a complaint with each other because we can't stop talking. (laughs) This is true. But, you know, you just find people who you can connect with on certain levels and ideas come like that. So really pay attention to your surroundings. And we all always hear as you get older, you know, kind of get rid of the people that are not really good influences in your life and focus on having people around you that you really, really benefit from and that really benefit from you and spread all that positive energy. It's all about the energy. Allison, thank you so much for joining us. And for those listening, we've talked about how to stand out in a noisy world. And the fact is you don't want to block off this noisy world. You want to keep a pulse on a bit of the things that are happening around you so you can always have these ideas that can instantly build rapport on current events. And then we dug in really deep on how you can find passions, how you can connect those passions to finding a relevant board of directors that can make you go deeper into those topics and to learn how to connect with them, have conversations with them, and then start forming your own ideas that you can communicate and really help digest for your own audience, for your own self, so that you can curate that information and really stand out with what you've created. And now, when you go out there in this noisy world, it's not so noisy if you know what you're looking for. You can find these relevant groups, find these relevant networks, either digitally or physically, and go in with an interest, a curiosity, a passion, and you have your own ideas that you can bring to the table so you even stand out when you go to those groups and really start helping you make those relevant connections that get you more clear on what you want to do and make that relevant impact, whether it's on a professional level that we mostly speak about on this podcast, but even on a personal level All of these ideas are super applicable and will help you get more clear on what you want and go out there and get it. Allison, thank you so much again for being here. And everybody, thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Hi, everybody. You're listening to Superhumans at Work, and we just had an episode with Allison Waxman. And wow, we talked about a lot of things when it comes to standing out in a noisy world. So I hope you go out there, get that list of passions, find that board of directors, start filtering these ideas into putting it out there and look for those groups you can connect with. And of course, don't turn off all those media channels. There are some information that you should keep a pulse on and that's okay. If you've enjoyed this episode, do leave us a review and share your comments on what you particularly like and what you're planning to apply. And if you had a chance to connect with other people that you know would benefit from this podcast, go ahead and share it. And we would really appreciate this as we keep these episodes completely commercial free, focus on the content, focus on the impact and focus on you. This is Jason Campbell. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.